0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45
1: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team,
2: Hello everybody and welcome along to the La Liga Lowdown podcast, also rebroadcast on Sirius XMFC 157. I'm your host You McTear, and I'm delighted to welcome you along to our first 2020-2021 episode This is our first of two season preview podcasts And in this one, we're going to focus on the title challengers With Paco Pola in Valencia With Roman de Arquer in Barcelona And with Gregor Chappelle in Seville And myself in Madrid So, welcome everyone Excited for the new season I'll start with you Gregor Because there's no clubs in crisis in Seville really Are you looking forward to the new campaign?
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how both clubs um, perform this year, especially Sevilla after the obviously very successful end to last season. Um, A couple of new signings coming in the door um, this summer as well through Monche. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think especially Sevilla are looking confident ahead of the new term and I'm excited to see how they can do. Um,
2: Paco, another season is here already. We only just finished the last one, but here we go again.
4: Yeah, well, I guess that it's good news, you know, uh, having the chance of uh, chatting with uh, all the squad and, and yeah, well, uh, La Liga on' facing its third full season. Uh, we've been for two and a half already since it was March 2018, right? It's been so quick, uh, yeah, everything. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I think it's it's excellent news and the fact that football has been able to overcome uh, impossible odds in order to uh, restart the final 11 games last season and more or less getting the schedule uh, together, put together so that we can start everything uh, midway September. So I'm pretty excited to see what La Liga has for us in, in storage, although, as you guys might already uh, know or guess, I'm not. That happy with what is happening in Valencia in the last couple of months, but that's a given, you know.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll get onto that. You're right. Two and a half seasons of La Liga lowdown. I mean, that's the equivalent of like what five or six Valencia coaches, something like that. So um, yeah, we're doing well. And we're
4: in like in dog years and, and and human being years. Like being a Valencia-based journalist, it's like ten or fifteen years in my in my book, <laughs> more or less.
2: Yeah. And Roman, it's been a, a nice and quiet off-season for Barcelona, no? <laughs> I'm sure you're you're looking forward to the, the actual football restarting.
1: Well, surprise, surprise, I am looking forward to it, but because I want it to end as soon as possible, basically. So the new president comes in, so we get, you know, a new season because what's going to come for Barcelona this year doesn't look good at all. Um, But apart from that I mean it's been a quick transition from uh, last season to this one so in that sense I mean I was looking forward to to seeing football and watching football but in terms of Barcelona uh, I don't expect uh, very good things to happen to be honest.
2: Now let's get into the meat and bones of our discussion. Real Madrid are defending champs after coming back from the coronavirus pause so well it was 10 wins in a row for them after the restart and they ended up finishing five points ahead of Barcelona last year so for this term are they the clear favourites Roman what do you think?
1: Well, I think they're clearly the favourites, I mean, as you said, Madrid finished the season really well, um, they're going to keep most of the same squad they had and I think uh, they should actually improve because, uh, let's not forget the last season, the ending was really good but um, during most of it, Madrid weren't fantastic and uh, before the coronavirus break, uh, Barcelona were top of the standings ahead of Real Madrid, so they still have things to improve and I think this uh, third year for Zidane could be ideal for that. And it also depends a lot on what Barcelona and Atletico de Madrid do because if they're poor, then of course Madrid will have an easier um, path to the title. But if they uh, play well, then it might be a bit harder for them.
2: Yeah, and Paco, do you expect Real Madrid to comfortably win the league? I remember a couple of seasons ago um, when Valverde came in, when Neymar left, we were talking about Real Madrid might win the league by double digit points, and they didn't. They ended up losing it by double digit points. What do you think? Are, are they really going to storm to the title, or, or do you see something else happening?
4: Yeah, but at that point, Real Madrid had Valverde and Barca in front of them. And this season, they're going to have Ronald Koeman's Barca in front of them. And I believe that is going to be a huge advantage for Zinedine Zidane. Um, yes, to to be short in my answer, yes, I believe that the bottom line is that Real Madrid have been able to keep their squad plus some worthy additions like uh, Martin Odegaard, who I believe we're going to uh, tackle on later. Uh, They have the best physical shape of the top teams, excellent keeper in Courtois, Ramos and Baran at the back, strong midfield. Um, My only big question is that... I don't really know if Benzema will be able to keep his top form, which he displayed last year. But if we uh, leave that aside, I believe that they are much better equipped for a 38-game fight than, for example, Barca or Atletico or even Sevilla. If we squeeze them into that, into those final four uh, teams, so I don't, I don't really believe that they're going to have much opposition, and I think that Real Madrid will easily or or maybe with a bit of effort, but they will surely win La Liga this season.
2: And Gregor,
3: anything to add to that or do you agree with the guys? Well, basically, I agree with the guys. I mean, I think they finished last season really confidently. They'll be getting to this one again, full confidence. They'll be looking at what's going on over at Barcelona and thinking this is a really good chance for them to come out this season, especially at the start, kind of get some points on the board. You know Barcelona might not be able to start the season as well as they'd like to, so if they can get a few points on the board early on, I feel expect them as well with players like, like Paco said there, Odegaard coming back. He had a great season last season at Sociedad, so I think yeah, I don't really see many reasons as to why they wouldn't um, be very confident and comfortable this season in the league. Yeah,
2: they in the transfer market they haven't really signed anyone. It's just been a lot of wheeling and dealing in the loan market but martin odegaard you mentioned him Paco. he is coming back that's a big deal right
4: yeah in my view i believe it's huge i think that's a very very worthy addition to their squad um actually in the last couple of days for example we've seen like a very talented players such as danny ceballos have been loaned once again to arsenal for example because they see that the player isn't ready yet to that level of demand that any young player has in Real Madrid but in Odegaard's case I believe he proved his worth in Real Sociedad Uh, and actually we can uh, have a quick review of his stats last season he played 31 games scored four times delivered six assists but overall I believe he provided the measure of what his team could do Uh, whenever he was uh, on fire Real Sociedad clicked in in all terms and later when he vanished in the last stretch of the of the season Real Sociedad suffered and and fell short ultimately of Champions League spots so I believe he's ready more than ready to tackle the challenge of, of fighting for a spot this season as a starter under Zinedine Zidane.
2: Yeah I agree, I, I really do think Odegaard is is the real deal and yeah, we saw like you say last season when, when he was on fire, Real Sofidad were on fire. Roman, let's talk about another club on fire in a bad way, let's discuss just how much of a mess Barcelona are in right now. They've managed to keep hold of Lionel Messi and we had an entire Messi podcast that came out on Saturday but even with Messi staying there's still a lot of issues for Barcelona as an institution.
1: Yeah, indeed. I mean, um, we have to see how things go. For example, with the motion de censura, where Bartomeu is in a very delicate position. We'll see if, if um, the Sofis are capable of getting enough uh, signatures to get him out of the presidency. That could change things a lot, because that would mean that there would be somebody temporary in, in his position, the president, and they would have to uh, start elections in a maximum of three months. So th- their thing could really boom again and, and change a lot. But if Bartomeu stays, you know, um, he's going to still have a lot of criticism because he's done things terribly. Everyone said it, even Messi himself, you know, he, he wasn't afraid of, of pointing out Bartomeu's uh, problems. And the good thing is we've already managed to get rid of a few players. I mean, Rakitic um, has already left. It looks very likely like Vidal and Swaith will be leaving soon. So that, those are very high salaries that Barca is going to get rid of and it's going to help you know, um, improve the economical side of things. But there's still a long way to go. Kuman has a lot of work to do. It's not going to be easy at all. Despite having Messi, uh, which is obviously good for us, I think, because he's the best player in the world and he's going to help us still be at the top of the standings. But it's going to be a very, hard, very, very hard season for Barcelona.
2: So let's talk about Ronald Koeman. Paco... You're a Valencia fan and you know what it's like to have Ronald Koeman as your your club's coach. It was mixed when he was there at Mastaya because he won a Copa del Rey but he was terrible in the league. That was a long time ago though. Do you think he's changed or improved?
4: Um. Well... Possibly he's changing some in some bit because I don't believe that everyone should be measured for what they did 12 years ago. But at the same time, I have to talk about my experience. And the fact is that I had to suffer Ronald Koeman as a coach 12 years ago in, in Valencia. And it was an absolutely awful season. It was one of the worst seasons ever for Valencia. I believe that um, Valencia would have gone down definitely if... Uh, Ronald Koeman hasn't be, hasn't been sacked, uh, remaining a couple of of games. So in that sense, it was a, a very very tough year. Yes, uh, Koeman was the coach when Valencia won the Copa del Rey, and the wording in this sentence uh, was made absolutely on purpose. He was the coach. That's it but he didn't win, actually, Copa del Rey. We could speak volumes and and, and plenty of shows and, and focus everything on what happened that season. So I think that, yes, he has improved as a manager in these 12 years, but... Um, In many ways, I've seen very, very similar things to what he did back in the day with Cañizares, Albelda, d'Angulo when he uh, sidelined them and he didn't allow them to to train with the rest of the squad. Uh, The way he has handled, for example, talking to Luis Suarez and telling him he's out of the team or how since his arrival, the club has handled a number of player issues, including Leo Messi, as uh, Roman said before, in an absolutely awful way. So I think Barca fans are in for a painful season this year. And let's see how Ronald Koeman is able to do. I have serious doubts that he's able to finish the season in Barça's bench.
2: Oof, well, a message of optimism there from Paco. Um, yeah, I was I was looking up some of Kuman's stats from when he was at Valencia, and I saw that he has the third worst um, winning percent winning percentage. Um, in the league, from all Valencia coaches ever, eighteen point two percent of his league games that he won. That's even worse than Gary Neville. So it is. Um, yes. Yeah, you can look forward to that, Barcelona fans. Um, we're going to take a short break just now before we resume this discussion about the new La Liga season and the title race. Um, Paco, Roman, Gregor, and myself will be right back after this short pause. Hello and welcome back to this podcast from La Liga Lowdown. It's our first of two preview podcasts ahead of the new La Liga season. And in this one, we're discussing the title race. We've already talked about how solid Real Madrid look and about how Barcelona look, about as sturdy as a Jenga tower. But now let's look at the other potential challengers. I want to talk about Atletico Madrid. Uh, Diego Simeone famously said that last season was a transition year. Personally, I think that was fair enough considering that they lost half of their starting lineup in the 2019 summer including Antoine Griezmann, but now they have no more excuses. Gregor, can Atletico really mount a title challenge again?
3: I mean, yeah, you're right. Like last season you could maybe be excused um for some lackluster performances considering how many changes they had, but they've had a full year now to work with those players and Especially, I just think this season, if there's ever going to be a year where a club like Atleti could be pushing for second, if not first, it's this season. Especially with everything that's going on at Barcelona, that's not something that happens every year. And they'll be looking, I mean, for example, Joao Felix, that we are going to touch on him in a moment, but I mean, he came with so much promise, didn't really live up to what everyone expected. But like Simeone will be looking to get the best out of players like him if he can keep hold of players like Thomas Partey, guys like that. I don't really see why they can't. I mean, I think Real Madrid are going to be very strong. But, like I said, with the issues at Barcelona, I think Atleti could be looking at what, this season and thinking they could challenge them. Could get second, you never know, they could, a couple of dodgy results for Real Madrid, they could maybe push for, for the title. I mean, stranger things have happened.
2: Yeah, stranger things have happened, uh, like Atletico winning it back in 2013-14. You mentioned Gregor Jalfelic, so let's talk about him a little bit more. What did you make of him last season? Because he didn't really live up to the price tag of €127 million, but Atletico probably weren't expecting him to come out and be amazing in his first year. That's why he signed such a long contract.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to remember just how young he is. He's only 20 years old, and I mean... He was a little bit hit and miss last season, but he he was plagued by injuries. It's hard to get fit, especially at such a young age when you're not playing regularly. You had to adapt to a new league, to a new city. I think Simeone as well wasn't entirely sure how to use him. I mean he was playing him right in midfield, then he'd play him more centrally. But now after having him having had him for a season, I think um he'll be able to get the best out of him. I mean it might also be the case that a lot of people have said this, he's maybe not too suited. To Atletico's kind of rigid style of play, and it's taken him a little bit of time to adapt to that because it's very different to the style that he enjoyed at Benfica. But I mean, I fully expect um, Simeone to get the best out of him, he's a huge talent. We saw in the Champions League, like we had flashes of brilliance from him last season against Leipzig, we saw like how he can make a difference in a game, and I think uh, Simeone will be looking to get more of that out of him this season. He's undoubtedly a talented player I, I would be surprised if he didn't kick on from last year in the new term
2: Yeah it's interesting that idea of, of how he fits into the system I've always sort of maintained that Atletico Madrid are are like a, a chessboard kind of team they have many players 10 players who are like allowed to move maybe one square there maybe two squares there and then they have one queen who can just move anywhere they want that was Griezmann for a while he was allowed to do what he wanted maybe that can be Joel Felix, but Roman, what do you see tactically with, with Joel Felix and Atletico Madrid? Does he fit in um, or do Atletico Madrid have to adapt to him more?
1: Yeah, I do think that uh, Cholo has to adapt a bit more to what uh, Joao Felix needs. I mean, he's a young player, he still has a lot to learn, a lot to improve. It's going to be hard for him to fully understand what Cholo wants and he, he doesn't have that ex- much experience, you know, playing in top competitions. He was in Benfica and he just jumped into Atlético de Madrid now. So I think that needs a lot of work. And so maybe Simeone should be a bit more flexible in the sense, give him more freedom as he would with uh, Griezmann, because we know that João Félix is a very talented player. We saw how consistent he was at Benfica and we saw at Atlético Madrid, as Gregor mentioned, a lot of flashes of quality, you know, he has, uh, he's very capable of doing things that many players aren't. So if he gives them that extra bit of freedom and adapts a bit more to Joao Felix, I think uh, he could finally find that consistency he wasn't capable of finding in the first season with Atletico.
2: Yeah, and Paco, anything to add about the Joao Felix debate?
4: Well, um I would say that uh this season is the one where there's no further excuses needed. Uh, he had already his transition season as you guys said earlier and now he has to uh become the leader that everyone expects him to be. I'm talking about attitude here. I'm talking about his um you know the way he focuses on, on top of the pitch uh and, and and I'm not using the price tag as an excuse to put pressure upon him, but if he really wants to fulfill that potential, the potential he really has, he needs to step up his game. And I'm not talking about only, like, goals or assists. I'm talking overall about his influence in the development of every single game. Um, And that, I think, has much to do with his attitude and uh, and morale on top of the pitch rather than his uh, physical quality or the way Simeone uses him.
2: Now let's move on to Sevilla. They finished 2019-20 strong in La Liga and then obviously they won the Europa League as well and remember when they finished fourth they finished level on points with third-placed Atletico Madrid. Um, They've strengthened further in the summer. Jose Castro, the club president, has mentioned that they could challenge for the title. Gregor, is he crazy? What's the word on the street in Sevilla?
3: Well, I mean, it always scares me when a chairman comes out and makes a statement like that. Uh you just kind of hope that that headline doesn't get retweeted 50,000 times at the end of the season. Um <laughs> you know, but like I think he has reason to be confident. Like especially with the the way they finished last season, obviously, winning the Europa League, superb. They finished really strongly in the league, unbeaten after the break. They've made a few strong additions this summer. I like think Rodriguez, he was like in his top sco- top scorer last season, a good replacement for Eber Benega. And you just have to, I mean, Monchi at this point, I think we all just trust him to do well with the signings that he's bringing in. He's brought in Rakitic as well. Great addition. He's coming back, I think, probably a more complete player with bags of experience from Barcelona. He'll help younger players in the midfield, like Rodriguez, for example, alongside him. And the fans love him as well. So I think... They'll look at the, the league end this year And they'll be full of confidence The players were loving playing under Lopetegui last year I don't know about winning the league I'm going to sit on the fence about that one But I think they could definitely push for third I don't see why not um, They were close to the last season And I think they're going into this term um, even stronger So I have no reason to see why they can't push for third Maybe even second But winning the league I'm not entirely sure <laughs>
2: So so you're going for second or third Gregor that that's why that's why you didn't make the marker front page you know sitting on the fence like that you have to say something crazy I do think you're right <laughs> you mentioned maybe we'll see that retweeted at the end of the season I'm pretty sure that headline about Sevilla winning the league might be posted on the Betis dressing room wall when the first derby comes around Paco what did you make of it can Sevilla really go and, and win a league title
4: I really think that it's maybe punching above their weight Quite uh, quite too much. I think that Real Madrid nowadays uh, has maybe two or three uh, tiers above what Sevilla might offer. I'm not, I'm not talking down Sevilla. I think they are doing an amazing job, especially after Monchi was back a couple of seasons ago. He was able to rebuild the squad from from mm, top to bottom, and later the team delivered with Lopetegui on the bench. So I think that they they have chances of fighting for the championship for much longer. They will remain in, in the race for for many, many more match days. But I believe that at the end of the day, um that consistency, especially in a season where the team is going to play the Champions League, is very tough to, to keep. Um, and that level of, of attitude, that level of, of physical presence, that level of, of football, is very, very tough to keep throughout 38 games. So um maybe La Liga is too far from the reach nowadays, but uh, they are uh, on the path. I believe that they are on the path of becoming the alternative for Atletico de Madrid, the third uh, team in Spain nowadays, because they have all the appropriate tools nowadays. They have an excellent sports director. They have Lopetegui on the bench who has proved his worth that season. Great players. Rakitic is back. Um, they signed uh, Bono permanently a couple of days ago. So they have all of the ingredients, but cooking the dish might be a bit too tough, at least for the 2021 season.
2: So Paco sort of sees a a long-term project at Sevilla. Roman, if you're buying stock right now, are you buying stock in Sevilla or Barcelona?
1: Barcelona, of course, man. You know, they're always in good shape. <laughs> no, obviously, right now, you don't want to get close to Barcelona. That's There's no doubt about that. And as they were saying, I think the first position for Sevilla is far-fetched. I mean, they have a good side. They're building something that looks amazing. But let's not forget that uh, toward the beginning of the season, a part of the Sevilla fan base was actually criticizing Lopetegui because things didn't seem to be working out so well, even though they were near the top. And then suddenly now, you know, he's a fantastic manager, very experienced, etc., etc. So, I mean, things can change really quickly and I do think we have to work on what they've managed already they have a great squad they can do important things and Champions League positions I think is, is the more realistic thing for them at the moment
2: Well that's us nearing the end of this podcast on the title challengers before we go I'm going to ask each of the guys for a prediction of how the top four will finish up. I'll go first, just to make sure nobody accuses me of sitting on the fence for all of this. I do think Real Madrid will win the league again. Then I think it will be Barcelona still in second place. Then Atletico Madrid and then Sevilla. Exactly the same as last year, but that's that's just what I feel. Paco, what say you?
4: Well, um, Real Madrid winning the league, as we uh, touched upon earlier. Atletico coming in second. Sevilla coming in third and Barca fourth. Um, I know it's bold. I know many people might be angry about this prediction, but uh, I'm talking about the the way I see things nowadays. It might change everything, like in match day three, match day four, uh, teams not winning games, managers being sacked. But at this point, I think those are going to be the, the standings. Real Madrid first, Atletico second, Barca, uh, Sevilla third, Barca fourth.
2: Roman, are you angry? What's your prediction?
4: <laughs> no, I understand what Paco's saying. It's a
1: possibility. But I think Real Madrid will win the title. I actually think Barcelona will be second because mainly Messi is staying. So I think that's going to help us quite a lot. And then I was doubting between Atletico and Sevilla. But, I mean, Cholo always gets the job done, you know. So I think he'll be, uh, his team will be third and finally Sevilla will be fourth.
3: And Gregor... Um, Well I'm going to agree with everyone here and say Madrid champions, I think Barcelona will have enough like uh, Roman said with Messi Messi staying now especially to get 2nd place, I'm going to have Faith in Sevilla to get 3rd and Atletico in 4th. Perfect.
2: Well, that's everything from us for this first preview podcast. So thank you to Paco Pollitt, Roman de Arquer, and Gregor Chappell. We'll be back very soon, though. This episode has been released the Monday before the new season starts on Friday. And we'll have preview podcast two coming out on Thursday, where we'll discuss everything else from the Europa League battle to the relegation fight. I hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LaLigaLowdown and be sure to check out LaLigaLowdown.com for lots of written content as the new season gets underway. For now, thanks for listening today.